Welcome to the Waiting Warriors podcast. As loved ones of first responders and military personnel, we often face life situations and challenges that many others don't experience. And while each of us and our experiences are unique, together we can learn from one another and become stronger in this journey of life. Now let's step out of mediocrity. It's time to thrive. Hey, Waiting Warriors out there. Welcome to another week on the podcast. This week, I get to share with you one of my good friends, Nora Lee from Miss Navy Mama. She is a Navy wife of 11 years, mother to four littles, littles. We're on the same boat with that craziness and Mm -hmm. a blogger. And then she's also a, I'm going to say it right, speech language pathologist, pathologist. And from where you want to put the syllable, but. Welcome to the show, Norley. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I'm excited. So let's get to the nitty gritty because I know your military experience has been full of the nitty gritty. You have a, you've got a little baby. A little one. He is two months old. Yes. He was born on Christmas. Oh, he's little. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah. He was born on Christmas day. Christmas Day, my water broke unexpectedly. He was four weeks early, and he is a Christmas baby. So the first Christmas baby at the hospital, too, where we were at. That's cute. I know. It was really cute. They got him a little onesie and everything. It was really sweet. (laughs) That's fun. Yeah. Okay, but let's let's go back way past this little squishy. Oh, way past, yeah. Even more than 11 years, because I know you were a military girlfriend first, right? I was. I was. Oh my gosh. How, how long ago was that? 16 years ago? 16 years? Yeah. Um, I was. My husband was in the Coast Guard. Um, when we met, he was stationed in my hometown. I wouldn't call it a town, but I grew up in Memphis, Tennessee, and he was stationed there. And we met at church. Um, yeah, he's he was the tall, dark, mysterious military man who Ooh. went to church with us. I know, like every, like he was really, he's kind of an introvert, um, and uh, he was really quiet. And all I knew was that he was in the military and he wore this really sexy uniform. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, no, we have a we have a very complicated uh, military history. <laughs> so. So tell us what, what is all that? So we, oh, geez. Okay. So we dated for a couple of years while he was still in the Coast Guard and he would do um, workups and deployments where he would be gone for a couple weeks at a time. And I, I really, truly being someone who had never been around the military community, that's what I thought the military community was like, you know, like he's gone for a couple weeks. He gets to wear his sexy uniform. Like life is good, you know? Um, and then he got out of the military and he, um, we both went to school. We got married. Um, we, I graduated with my speech therapy degree and we moved to Washington and I got like a big girl job and we bought a house and everything like seemed like it was going in this lovely civilian, you know, housewife kind of way. Mm-hmm. And then my husband approached me and I remember this day clearly because Sorry, I, I was in your voice what's about to happen I know right like and and I think you've heard this story before so I 
I was making meatloaf, okay, like totally random, but I was making meatloaf. And this is back when I would make it like from scratch, like with my hands, okay, so I have my hands in the meatloaf and I'm making meatloaf. And he comes up to me and remember, he is an introvert, okay, and I am not an introvert. So he comes up to me with this sheepish look on his face and he goes, honey, I need to talk to you. And I'm like, okay, like what's going on? He's like, I think I need to join the military. And I am a Christian woman. <laughs> I am. <laughs> but my exact words were, oh, hell no. Like, not going to happen. Like, mm -mm. and he was like, oh, hear me out, hear me out. And I, I was adamantly like, no, no, that is no, no, not going to happen. Mm -hmm. However, <laughs> he knows how to wear me down and to like bring reason into the conversation. And so uh, we talked about it and we thought about it and we prayed about it and we decided that that was what we were going to do. So we were married six years at this time. Um, and the military was not even in, in any realm of my thought process. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden it was shot to the front. Um, and since then we have moved one, two, three, three times. Um, we've had four babies. We um, have bought houses, sold houses, and gone through seven upcoming eight deployments. Um, and it's it's not even close to what I experienced as a military girlfriend. Not even close. Yeah. So it's uh it's been a whirlwind but it's at the same time it's been probably one of the most growing and stretching experiences that i've ever been through so it's been good yeah. how yeah. how did you handle how and like navigate that complete shift from where you thought your life was going and it's you know cuz what i like about your story is it's not like a lot of us where as as a 14, 15 year old girl or whatever, we saw our, our dream, our life going a certain way. And then we fell in love with the military man. So then it changed. Like mm -hmm. you, you fell in love, but you married a civilian. Yeah. yeah. Civilian. And then six years down the road, it completely changed. How did you navigate that, that dramatic, really like just complete 180? To be honest, in the beginning, I did not navigate it well. I um, I I am embarrassed to say that I was very childish and very frustrated and angry and probably um, um, uh, what's the word? wasn't wasn't the most ladylike in my thought process of you know like oh my gosh you're gone again like are you serious i have to move by myself our first pcs i was seven months pregnant and i moved by myself yeah uh, across the country and the second pcs i had a six-week-old baby and i moved pretty much by myself <laughs> And the third PCS, I had three children. My youngest was six months old and I moved by myself across the country mm -hmm. each time. And the first PCS, I was angry. The second PCS, I was content. And the third one, I was like, I got this. You know, I think for me, the growth happened very slowly over time. And it took a few um, reality checks for me to really understand 
what I needed to focus on instead of focusing on the negative, what I needed to focus on. And the biggest thing was to set goals and realistic expectations when it comes to my life. Um, I'm a very detail-oriented, planner-oriented type of a person. And this change <laughs> was really derailed my plans. I had my dream job. We had just purchased our first home. We were working on starting a family. Um, we were going through like fertility treatments. So we were like actively um, trying to start a family. And then he wants to leave for months, you know, for training and all this stuff. And I remember just thinking, what? <laughs> so I, th I think what helped me navigate it the most, besides a few um, tough love conversations with seasoned spouses in the very beginning, I had a I had a couple of those, but they all told me that you have to, number one, focus on what is in front of you. What can you take care of in front of you? What do you have control over? What can you focus on? And the second one was to set goals and realistic expectations on those goals. Um, was I going to probably find my dream job every single time we moved? No, probably not. So I needed to shift my perspective and make realistic goals with what I wanted to do with my career. Um, was he going to be around when I had the baby? I had no idea. So I needed to set realistic expectations on that. Um, this doesn't mean that I was not overwhelmed or lonely or frustrated, um, but it's it helped me not be as disappointed as I was before. And that, I feel mm -hmm. like, made such a big difference in me being able to thrive and not just survive. Mm -hmm. yeah. So how... What are, um, I mean, if you, if you don't mind sharing, what oh, are no. like some of those reality checks that you kind of had for yourself? Cause I, I like and appreciate that you say like it was over time and you had to stop being it was. childish and you had to stop, <laughs> you know, like, I know it's true. It's what, true. I think, I think when we're really honest with ourselves in those moments when we're really happy, like that's what it is. And it's okay to feel that way. That is the natural mm -hmm. reaction. But like, how did you get out of that? Because that's a really easy cycle to just stay in. Mm -hmm. I think, I think where I really shifted the most was after my first child, my second child, excuse me, he, um, he had colic and, um, a dairy and soy allergy. And he was just a very difficult baby. And I was at home by myself with two kids under the age of two and, um, you know, sleep deprived, all those normal things you get when you have a baby, sleep deprivation <laughs> and all those things. But I also felt extremely alone. I had just moved to a brand new place across the country from my support system. We, we lived thousands of miles from family. Um, my husband started a new job. So he, you know, was uh, very dedicated and, and put in a lot of hours in his position. Um, and there were some workups and, and stuff like that. And I remember just going to this spouse thing. Okay. It was, I think it was a supply core, supply core wife get together. It was um, um, like an Easter thing. And mm -hmm. I went to it and I was, venting and complaining to a lot of the wives and such, because that's what you do. 
And one of them who has, uh, oh my gosh, she was like an admiral's wife. I mean, I still, I'm still good friends with her. She was one of the admiral's wives. She looked at me and she said, what are you doing for yourself? And I said, what do you mean? And she was like, what are you doing for yourself? She's like, you're, comp you're venting about what you're doing for your son. You're venting about what you're doing for your daughter. You're venting about what you're doing for your husband, what you're doing for your house. She's like, what are you doing for you? And I remember thinking like, what am I doing for me? <laughs> I'm not, I'm not doing anything for me. And so that was a reality check that I had control over myself. I had control over myself and what I was going to do for myself to feel, to feed my soul and to make me feel human again. So that way I could better cope and deal with what was going on around me. And through, I guess, self-care, through really focusing on myself and what I needed to fill my soul, I realized that there was a lot of positivity around me. Like I was so focused on the negative, but there was a lot of positivity around me. But I couldn't see it because I was so empty. My cup was just completely dry. So mm -hmm. that was one of the biggest ways that I felt was able to focus on pulling myself out of that, you know, rut of this is hard, this is hard, this is hard. And that was yeah. to fill my soul and to fill my cup with what I needed so I could better be what everybody else needed. You know, so that's, that's, and that's what I'm passionate about now is really like shouting that from the rooftops of the importance of self-care. Yeah. So yeah. what does, what does self-care um, mean to you and what does it look like for you? To me, self-care and wellness, you know, those go hand in hand. They're, to me, they're almost synonyms of each other um, is you putting in what you need to feel human because we crave as humans, we crave acceptance. We crave love. We crave interaction. We crave um, those, those like our needs to be met. We crave that. And so as a military spouse, we're not really always given the opportunity for others, especially our lobsters, you know, our, our hubbies, our, our significant others, our lobsters to give that to us because they have been called to give their all to our country, you know, mm -hmm. and this includes also um, the other waiting warriors too. those, um, you know, first responders and fire, fire wives and all this stuff. I mean, there are spouses and our loved ones have been called to help others and so they're not always there to help us. So it's it's providing ourselves and giving us back our power to be able to fill our souls and give us human again. So for me, it's not just shopping sprees and bubble baths. To me, filling my soul is um, honestly like organizing my house. Like it seems weird, but organizing mm -hmm. my house is my own personal self-care. Um having my children <laughs> um having my children be happy and healthy is a, a way of self-care for me when my kids are sick i feel that you know so when my mm -hmm. kids are healthy and happy that feeds my soul um having recharge alone time away from everybody that feeds my soul and helps me be able to be a better person and all of these things have taken years <laughs> for me to figure out what I need. And just like military life, it shifts and changes with each new aspect of military life thrown at me. Every deployment's different. So my 
focus of self-care changes with every deployment, et cetera. So. Mm -hmm. And aren't there like, there's like five different, what is it? I'm trying to remember what I know you've said Facets. before. Like Facets. There's five Facets. different areas of self-care. I call them areas, facets. There's all sorts of synonyms for it, but mm -hmm. there are. And I, and I, I don't think people really realize that there's five. Um, and it's some of it I come up with, with my own personal anecdotes, but also just like research shows it too. So there's, Physical, you know, everyone knows physical self-care, you know, let's go run, like run a marathon and um, go take a bubble bath and, you know, uh, do a facial scrub. Those are all very like physical, tangible self-cares. Then we have um, mental, emotional, spiritual, and lastly is social self-care. And that I feel like is what most of us bleeding warriors are lacking is the social self-care. Yeah. So how do you fill that cup up? Because I know um, for people who maybe aren't aware, like Blue Star Families just released, they did like a huge, massive survey of military families mm -hmm. and a huge result or a huge result. You know what <laughs> The result showed, yes. The result, thank you. The results showed that a huge amount of people don't feel like they have a community. They don't feel like they have somebody that no. they can call on. That And that makes that me so sad. Oh, so I like literally cried about it. And <laughs> no. but, like, what do you do? Like, in my mind, that's the social self-care. So what, what do you do? What ideas do you have for us to fill that cup up? Yeah, that makes me so sad. I remember reading that and I remember thinking, oh, no, that's so sad. And it's the the crazy thing is, is like, it's, it's true. Like, it's, it's kind of mind blowing to me, actually, how true it is. But just being someone who's lived it, I'm like, oh, yep, that's about right. Yep. That's about right. Um, and I don't know, maybe did you find this this way? Like, do you find that it's hard to make new friends because you're a pretty social person. I'm a pretty social person. At least I feel like mm -hmm. I am. Um, but it's hard for me to make friends and to start over every two years. Um, so the ways that I have found that have been very um, um, helpful in being able to start over and to use the social self-care, um, it's, it's kind of, it breaks down into little steps. The first one is utilize social media. We, we have social media there. We did not have it there even 10 years ago. Like even as a, as a military girlfriend, you know, 15 years ago, I, I, I didn't even email him. We wrote letters because we were just so cute, <laughs> you know? Um, but now we have the ability to almost get instant like messages and friends over social media. So utilizing that social media, especially if you're a shy person, um, and I and I say this out of like knowing people who are, I have I have a lot of friends like all over the country and they're all different. And um, my shy friends have said like, that's their first step is to kind of like what they call being lurkers. <laughs> you mm -hmm. kind of, you, you join the groups and you just kind of watch and you just kind of soak it all in and kind of be that wallflower from inside of a social media group. So joining Facebook groups, um, if I remember correctly, you have a Facebook group, right? Of like a social Facebook group? Yeah, 
It's not, yeah. I'm not super good at making that something fun to be at. Oh, we, we need to make it that. something. Michelle, yeah. we need to make it something. Winnie Warriors, you need to I join know. this group, all right? <laughs> I'm shouting it from the rooftops right now. You need to be Michelle's friend and join the group, all yeah. right? So yeah. I know yeah, Mrs. Having a group where we can talk. Yes, Mrs. Navy Mama also has a group. It's small, you know, like we all start somewhere. So it's yeah. small. But you join the groups, find a local group that's in your area, go on Facebook or Instagram, and you can literally Google um, groups. Oh, yeah. So, for example, when we lived in San Diego, I would go to Facebook and I would say San Diego Military Wives. And there were three groups that just popped up like immediately. I clicked to join. I answered the little questions and boom, I was in. Um, you can also join... Um, groups that have to do with things that you enjoy. So for example, if you're really wanting to do like run a marathon, okay, that's not my personal cup of tea, but I have joined a running group called Stroller Warriors and it's for military spouses of all branches and they're all over the country and the world. Actually, there's a few um, that are in like Japan. There's a few groups. They're completely free and you literally just kind of Google to see if a Stroller Warriors group is in your area and boom, you have like friends, <laughs> you have friends. <laughs> so that's my first thing is utilize social media. Think of things that you really enjoy doing. Think of the type of people you want to be your friends and look for them on social media. Even if that means you lurk for a little while. Okay. So mm -hmm. utilize social media. The second thing is, and this is the hardest one, make the first move, make the first yeah. move. So, for example, if you do lurk for a little while and you find somebody that you're like, oh, man, she is just as much of a hot mess express mom as I am. This is perfect. We would get together so well. Reach out to her. See if, like, yeah. especially if she's in your area, see if that person wants to get together and have a play date with your kids or get together for Starbucks and, you know, or anything like that. So, that's the second one. And that's usually the hardest one to do. Um, and then the third one is if at first you don't succeed, try, try again. <laughs> okay. Not yes. everybody is going to be your cup of tea. You are not for everyone. It's like I consider all humans to be their own like stinky cheese. Okay. Their own stinky cheese. <laughs> for example, I consider myself to be. I consider myself to be an aged blue cheese, okay? A fine okay. aged blue cheese. Okay. I personally love blue cheese, okay? Blue cheese is amazing. But not everybody likes blue cheese. And somebody yeah. else might be Gouda, and that's not my personal cup of tea, okay? Mm. So does that mean that Gouda's bad? No. It just means that that's not for me, and I'm not for them. So mm -hmm. if at first you don't succeed, try, try again, because you're going to find your aged blue cheese somewhere out there. Um, uh -huh. But if you give up on the first time that you meet up with them, like you might meet up with them at Starbucks and think, never mind. Say it was really nice to meet you and move on, you know? So yeah. there's nothing, there's no harm in admitting that, that person wasn't your cup of tea and you got to keep looking. There's nothing yeah. wrong with that. Or that you weren't their cup of tea. Yeah. And they, that's, that's okay too. Like exactly. You're not, not everyone likes blue cheese. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's true. 
it's a weird yeah. analogy, and I'm sorry if it's weird to all you, all of you, and your listener listeners out there. Now, but, I, now I'm in like a whole salad analogy. It's like right? well, really goes best with strawberries yes. and spinach. Yes! Oh my gosh, I was just thinking the feta, same thing. Feta goes better with uh, tomatoes and yep. cucumbers and, ch and chicken. chicken. So. Yep. Maybe you're the blue cheese and they're chicken and they're like, oh, I just would be better with some feta, you know, right? and now it's so I'm true. Again. And now I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> so, true. so true. I am starving. I'm thinking I might get some pizza. So, um, but it's, it's oh, but true. We were just talking about salad. <laughs> I know, but, but pizza has veggies on it, right? Has okay. So, but it's, it's true. Like if you really think of it, Think of our life, just to, especially if you want to add some humor into something that's difficult. I mean, finding yeah. your tribe and giving yourself this social self-care, just self-care in general is hard. So let's find mm -hmm. some like fun in it and really think of this as, sure, we'll go with the salad analogy. Okay, we'll go with the salad <laughs> analogy. But it's, but it's true, though. We are not everybody's cup of tea, and that's okay. That does not make us... Yeah you know, wrong or bad. It doesn't make them wrong or bad. It just means that we might just have to keep trying. So yeah. those are my kind of, I guess, three big things um, to utilize social media, especially since it's there. There's no reason why yeah. you need to not do it. So utilizing social media, um, making the first move and then try again. If it doesn't work out, try again. Um, but we as humans, and I said this before, we crave that social interaction. Even if we are introverts, even if we are homebodies, I'm actually a homebody. It's kind of an interesting thing. I am a huge homebody, but I'm also an extrovert. Like I crave social interaction, but I also like to be in my sweatpants at home all the time. Yeah. So utilize that social media and find, find your other hot mess express friend and you guys will bond. And another beauty about social media is that it carries with you no matter where you go. I yeah. still have friends from San Diego, from Virginia, from my first job, from graduate school, from every place, because social media is a beautiful thing. So. Yeah. But I will say, like, as awesome as social media is, obviously, I think it's a huge, amazing resource. I use it, like, for the podcast. But you have to get out of the house. Like you have to true. have somebody, somebody where you are. Otherwise you're really going to feel swallowed because even though like, I love that I still get to talk to friends from the five different places that we've lived. Uh -huh. It's really hard when you don't have somebody who not even like that you can talk to, but just that you can rely on for different things. Oh my gosh. That, so like, true. Face to face interaction. So I don't, so I know you're not saying it, but I just want to make it very clear for the listeners. Like we are not saying you can only no. do social media. No, we're just it's saying to utilize it the smart way, utilize yeah. it, to find your local people and then mm -hmm. make that first move to get the face to face, make that yeah. first move to get that face to face. So, um, and, and I loved, I loved you like clarifying that because I got a story to tell you. Are you ready for this? Okay. This is the, this is the story about the importance of finding your tribe. This is a story about mm -hmm. the importance because there's like a thousand. But mm -hmm. as you know, I just had my baby in in December. Okay, mm -hmm. and uh, 
he was early. So he was completely unexpected. I had a scheduled C-section a month later and he came, my water broke. But here's the crazy thing. My water broke at 1.30 a.m. on Christmas Day. Okay. Ooh. Right. So hubby's home, thank goodness. But I have mm -hmm. three other small children. You know how this is. Like, yeah. do you ever want to wake up your children at 1.30 in the morning to drag them somewhere to sit for no. hours? Yeah. No. 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 That would be the worst, especially on Christmas morning. So... I drove myself to the hospital, which is not smart. Don't everybody, don't anybody ever do that ever. But I drove myself to the hospital. And once we realized like, yeah, this baby's coming, like, he's coming. I um, called my husband in tears because I didn't know if anybody would be willing to come to my house on Christmas morning. I, I just didn't know. Like I was thinking like, who would do that? But I got to tell you, my tribe did that. And my tribe, not only, not only did my really good friend's husband come to my house on Christmas morning and spent Christmas with my kids so my husband could be there for me, um, but his wife came by with her kids, their kids, later, and they did, like, this big group thing. They fed my kids cinnamon rolls. They, they made Christmas special for my kids when my husband and I couldn't be there. And... Yeah. That's because they were my tribe. Like they, and then, you know, there people brought meals and they took my kids to school and all these things while I was recovering. And if I hadn't had that physical tribe, just like you said, getting out of the house, mm -hmm. physical face-to-face -face tribe, I don't know what I would have done. So finding your tribe is really important. Um, but you just utilize the tools that you have to do that. Yeah. Oh. And one thing that that makes me think of, though, too, is like, I don't know, maybe it's just me and everybody can tell me if I'm just the one weirdo, but it's like, well, of course they did that. Do you know what mm. I mean? Because it's like, I, I know what it's like for it to be, oh gosh, I'm like, just one of the things, like, I know what it's like for it to be 730 and somebody, all of a sudden, their lip is cut open. You don't even know, know right. why, but it's bedtime for the other two. And one kid has to go to the yard ER to get stitches. And it's like, but your husband's gone. So you got to just figure it out. It's like, I know what that's like. I know what it's like to be living in a completely new town and being pregnant and like, okay, who's going to watch my kids? So it's like, of course I would watch my friend's kids. And of course I would help them make that Christmas. And of course I would help the family whose husband is deployed and, you know, just to make their whatever day a little bit better because we've been there. Mm -hmm. And Like, I know that's how I feel, but I also know that that's how so many other people feel. And yeah. yet we're all so worried that nobody's going to be yes. there. Yes. That's it, so true. That no, it is. It is interesting because we don't, we don't, really give other people credit. We don't give yeah. them credit and we automatically assume like, oh, no one's going to want to do that. I'm guilty of that. I literally, that was right. the thought in my head was who is going to give up their Christmas for mm -hmm. my kids? Like who would do that? But the reality is, is there's so many people who would do it 
but mm-hmm. we have to ask. They're, they're not mind readers. There's no way anybody knew that my water had broken and I was at the hospital yeah. about to have a C-section, you know, like nobody yeah. knew. So I had to reach out to my tribe to be able to mm-hmm. do that. And you're right. Like we, we, <laughs> we don't give people credit enough. You're absolutely right. And that's super yeah. interesting, actually, when you bringing Isn't that up, it? I'm like, like, it's like so interesting. And it, it makes me think of two things. One, during Christmas time, Facebook groups, you know, like they're having a whole bunch of commercials, but their Facebook groups commercial made me cry on so many occasions. And we talked about it on Instagram a lot. And a lot of people, I made so many people cry because I like sent them the link to the commercial. But it was, it was this family. I think, I think it was like a group for deployed like moms, like moms who were in the military and they were deployed. And so one mom had like a phone call, you know, Skype call with her family and it was just before Christmas. And they're like, yeah, we, you know, we haven't gotten the tree up. It's just been kind of crazy. And then it shows her typing on Facebook, like, oh, I just wish I could be there to help with all the holiday craziness. And then it shows like this family taking their lights off of part of their decorations and putting them in the car. And another person like scooping up toys at Walmart or Target or whatever. And then another person baking stuff and then them decorating this house and the original family opening the doors to like this beautiful Christmas wonder. And the, the husband is like, you know, who could have done this? And then it shows all these military spouses walking away. And it's like, yes, that is our community. We will do that for each other. And yet we're so hesitant and like doubting. But then it also makes me think of, um, we have a Facebook group for like our neighborhood on post. Mm -hmm. And there was this lady who, um, like last second, her husband wasn't, he was supposed to be able to take off work and take her to this procedure for something mm-hmm. and last second couldn't. And so she posted on Facebook, I'm new here. I have to go get this procedure. I'm not supposed to drive myself home. Is there anyone who could help me? She's like, I know this is totally the last second. It's a school day, whatever. There were like 10 Aww. messages. I love like, that. Yes, of course. Like we might be a second late, but I got to get my kids to school and we can do this. And it's like, Hey, did you find somebody? Hey, you know, it's an hour later, but I just want to make sure you're taking care of it. It's like complete strangers, you know what I mean? And yeah, it's weird. It's awkward, but like people will do that. And really, Mm -hmm. if you find one of the weirdos who won't, then they ain't (laughs) worth your time anyways. For real. For real. I just... No, I love that. And you totally made me tear up with the the Christmas story. I think I yeah. missed that. I think I missed that when you're posting oh, it on social media. I don't, oh, well, let's see. I had, think I had a baby. Oh yeah. That was it. Yeah. You know, whatever. <laughs> you were just oh, a little busy. You were Whatever. But it's, yeah, but I'll it's, have to see if I, it's still on YouTube or whatever, but it's need, a tearjerker. Yeah, I, well, I'm getting all teary eyed thinking about it because like, no, <sighs> No matter if you are, you know, Navy or Marine or Army or whatever, like we're all in the same boat. We are. We're mm-hmm. all in the same boat. We are spouses and significant others to service members, whether they're serving in our local community as firefighters or police officers or, any, you know, EMTs or whether they're serving abroad. Um, we're, we're still supporters of them. But 
we really do have each other's back. We really yeah. are there, but we're also not mind readers. And I, I loved how you even said that people were talking about like an hour later, like, Hey, I just wanted to make sure that everything was good. Like mm-hmm. it, by putting herself out there, I guarantee you she made a friend. I'm just going to tell you that right now. Yeah. I guarantee you she made yeah. a friend and probably a friend for life too, mm-hmm. because like, I think, and this is going to be like really deep. All right. But <laughs> Asking for help is not weakness. Like, do you agree with that? Like, to me, asking for help is not weakness. To me, asking for help and admitting that you need help and searching for help, even if it's help, I need friends. Like, I I don't know anybody. That is is a sign of strength and humility. And it's something we all should strive to be for. Um. I just, I just love that. And I, I just, I can picture in my mind that commercial with the, with the Christmas mm-hmm. thing. And I'm sitting going, oh my gosh, that happened to me. <laughs> they, they came to my house and they, they had Christmas it with is. my children. He even took pictures. He even took pictures for me because he knew that I would want pictures of my kids opening their presents. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that happened. You know, it's, it's you a should, beautiful you'll thing. Sell this story to sell the story to Facebook. I, and they, I really should. Next year's commercial. I, I really should. I really should. <laughs> like the water, the water breaking and everything. It should really be it. Uh-huh. But, but it's yep. true though. And like, I don't know. I, I feel like that is one aspect of self care that we don't even realize is self care. And it's an aspect mm-hmm. of self care and wellness and, and, um, self preservation that we neglect out of fear. We either are yeah. fearful that we're going to come across as selfish or we're fearful that nobody will reach out or we're fearful that, you know, like you're not going to be somebody's blue cheese. And it, <clears throat> It keeps us from, I'm seriously loving that analogy right now, Yeah, but it keeps us, it keeps us from really growing, um, in our area. And I, what's the phrase again? Bloom where you're planted. It keeps us from doing that. So yeah, love that. I, and I do love that salad analogy too. So thank you, Michelle. Thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. Can I put that in my next book? Can I put that in my next book? Oh yeah. Oh, we we will just. We will co-write a book all about yes. salads and sneaky cheese. Yay! Oh, Let's do it. New York it. bestseller right I there. Love it. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Last question. Sure. What is your key to thriving that you want to share with your fellow waiting warriors? Oh, man. Um, so basically this entire podcast episode would be it. But to me, the key for thriving for all you fellow waiting warriors is to know that you are not alone. You're not alone. We are all in this boat together and it's a hard thing for you to realize. And it takes a lot of work sometimes and, and some, um, I guess tough love, but I'm here to give you that tough love. Okay. You are not Mm -hmm. alone. You are not alone in this world. You are not alone in your trials. You are not alone in your struggles. You are not alone in being lonely. We, we, you have people that have been in that boat, been there, done there, got the t-shirt, got the mug, and we want to help pull you out of it. I'm just full of really weird sayings. I'm sorry, but it's it's true though. (laughs) So anyways, yeah, I think, I think that would be the biggest key to thriving is to know that you are not alone. And it's, 
the way you know that is going to be different for everybody and the way you figure that out is going to be different mm-hmm. for everybody. Um, but hopefully by listening to this podcast, you already know that. Like we are waiting warriors for a reason mm-hmm. because we are not alone. There's a lot of us out there. So, yeah. Oh, I love it. Thank you. Very, very true. Yes. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. I am literally well fed. <laughs> you <get it. laughs> oh my gosh. You, you are getting so funny, Michelle. You are getting so funny. I love it. So, you have fed my soul. Dun, dun, dun. We just, we need to come up with more. You so. feel nourished. Right oh my now. gosh. I love it. I love it. Oh man. Uh, Is it, maybe it's just late good at night. Cheese puns. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. 1030. We're like already an hour past my bedtime. I've turned oh. into an old lady guys. An old stinky old cheese. Lady. Have you turned into stinky cheese now? Uh, Ooh, there's the cheese pun. There's the cheese pun. Okay. That's right. Well, anybody, if you have any better cheese puns, because I'm kind of lacking on that, right, make sure right, you share right those in. on social media. Write <laughs> <laughs> in and share when you comment. And write share it this, in. And share it in. That's mm-hmm. right. Share it with Miss Navy Mama and the Waiting Warrior because we need some. Um, no. Actually, okay, I will straight up do that. I will send a $5 gift card to either target or starbucks because those are the two like good electronic ones target 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 i will i will send a five dollar gift card to the best either salad or cheese pun how it makes you cheese cheese pun (laughs) on how it makes you feel listening to this podcast love it love it we we will hey, we i'll will get i'll get in on that we can do ten dollars i'll get in on that okay let's do ten we'll do ten dollars so, or maybe just, two just, if there's like if there's oh, some really yes. good ones maybe we'll do two but yes but we've just doubled yeah. the stakes guys we've doubled the stakes <laughs> share it out let's do it love One it. who can make me laugh the hardest that's right ready set go um thank you so much for coming on the show norley oh, i really you. appreciate it and Everybody have a good week. And honestly, just remember, just because it's hard doesn't mean it has to be miserable. Bye. I really want to thank you for being here. I know how precious and important your time is. You don't have a lot of it. And I'm extremely grateful that you're spending your time here with us, the Waiting Warriors. I know that being a Waiting Warrior can be super isolating and lonely. So I hope you are feeling loved and supported as well. And I need to ask just one more thing. Can you share this podcast? I'm a firm believer that sharing is caring. So if you know another military or first responder loved ones, please share the podcast. The Waiting Warriors is a valuable resource, and I really appreciate your help simply spreading the news. So if you could text an episode to a friend or just simply screenshot and share it on social media, it would honestly mean so much. So go do that and have a great week, guys. Thank you.